The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Baleen Shah, your facilitator for Isle of Braille, welcoming you on December the 14th, 2023. This event is sponsored by the East Bay Center for the Blind and supported by the American Council of the Blind. Well, friends, you know that today is your day, and it means that everybody joining here is a presenter. You can ask any Braille-related question, and then we'll pick up the discussion. So I think uh, last month or the month before, we set up a new pattern a little bit. We'll first take all questions, and then we'll take the first question first, and then discuss it. Just be sure that your question is Braille-related. Because this is I Love Braille episode. Okay, so once again, I thank you all for joining. We don't have a great attendance because a holiday has overcast people's desire to join. So let's see. So far, I have uh, oh, 16 participants hands. are here still. Not too bad. And here comes one more. So more people will join, of course. All right. So anybody who has a Braille-related question, please raise your hands. We do have two hands raised. So first up is Linda Pye. I've been reading a book that has footnotes in it. Hmm? Now, I assume that the, the uh, characters that are before the number are a superscript to, to make the, the number be a, in a superscript, except there is a space between it and whatever it's footnoting. And my other part to my question is, if UEB follows print and the footnotes are at the bottom of the page in print, does that happen too in Braille or do they put the notes at the end of a chapter or something like that. So how are footnotes handled, basically? Okay. So, so you have two questions, correct? Correct. Yeah. And these are very high-level questions, which is fine. This is the session when we can discuss any primary issue about Braille or any high-level Braille-related issues. All right. That's great. So we'll see if there is anybody else. Okay. I think Dawn has Next. a question. Yes. Okay. This one might be a little off the train, so bear with okay. me. Yeah. So there is somebody that um, I am going to be helping. Um, she is a consumer at a at the cell, a certain friend of ours and a good friend of mine works at, and she is going to be learning Braille now. She wants to do stuff on Sermaform paper because it's easier to feel, you know, like she thinks it'd be easier to feel. Now, one of the biggest things that she wants to do is to write down, you know, phone numbers and that kind of stuff. And I told her about index cards 
So, you know, which, which are great for that. And I use them now. My thing that I'm looking for, I looked at, I looked on the internet and couldn't find it, but I could find thermoform paper, but is there such a thing as thermoform index cards and can they go in the brailler and, you know, like I, I'm trying to just figure some things out because she, she isn't at the point yet where she's going to be writing stuff. She's still going over things, but when she does get to that point, cause, cause one of the main things she wants to do, she wants to get back to baking in that too. And that's the other reason I say, you know, thermoform paper would be good for, cause she could write her recipes and stuff down. But if she can do stuff with thermoform index cards and just put them in an index card holder, you know, is there such a thing out there? <laughs> All right, we'll see if anybody knows about it. So you basically your question is, are there thermoform index cards available anywhere? Yeah, right? and also can you put them in the brailler and do that? And you know, like is there like like is there any that you can put in the brailler? Because I know mm -hmm. some things you can't put in the brailler and some things you can and thermoform paper you can, but you know, okay. so I, I want to try to find something yeah. that she can put in a brailler. Or if she decides she wants to use a slate and stylus, that she can use a slate and stylus with as well, if that's what she wants. Okay. But we'll I'm going to be helping him teach her. <laughs> right. Great. Yeah. So let's see if we can find the answer from any, you know, wide, have anybody having wide experience in using Braille. Okay. All okay. right. We have Jewel with a question. Actually, I have an answer for both questions, if I may. Oh, you have the answer to the first question? Uh-huh, and an answer for the second question. It's an answer. There's more than one answer, I'm sure. Oh, that will be terrific. So we'll begin with okay. you. So it so, looks... Uh, one second. It okay. looks nobody else has a question, because now what we do, we first collect the questions and then pick up oh. each question one by one. Okay, okay you've changed but it. I see. I am so glad that you have the answer because I was a little puzzled. Yeah, let's see questions. if there's any other questions then. We may okay. have one more question. Um, one more Jody. question, yes. Oh, oh, two, actually. Yes, uh, hello, Belina. Do you have hello, a question or answer? I don't have another question. I've got an answer to Don's Okay. Question. All right. Then let's perfect. move on to the next <laughs> We oh, can no. start now Bear. the answer session. All right. So we'll start with Jewel then. Uh, we have oh, one me? more raised hand. Question? We have, oh, we have one, one more raised hand. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is Where? that a, uh, for a question? Yes. For, yeah. Oh, do you have a question? Okay. Um, I'm having a problem like um, now. Is there a such thing as like I can write a wall calendar in, in Braille? Because... Um, I have a problem with planning. Um, like I have certain things I want to get done in a day and I want to like make a calendar, but then maybe make like at the bottom or something, you know how, when there's holidays, I might want to say um, like every day I got to do exercises or, or every day I got to whatever, like really not make them on certain days, but just like, try to because i have a problem with time management so what do you suggest thanks okay um let me understand your question dorsey 
that is based something about uh, what uh, maintaining a personal braille calendar yeah okay okay good let's see what people have to offer because there are people here who use uh, a kind of braille calendar you know not i'm not talking about the calendar published but the calendar that you write the dates you know your appointments and your this and right. that that's what you're looking for right yeah mm -hmm. so you will benefit a lot from people's experience i'm pretty sure but first thing first and hopefully no more questions all right so linda pai your first question just uh, tell me again briefly repeat it my question is how are uh footnotes handled in braille uh I... oh yeah okay all right so jewel has the answer right jewel yes because i have um right. knowledge of braille textbooks which is okay. like that's where your footnotes usually are although literature books also sometimes have them <laughs> um usually what i've seen is the footnotes are at the end of the chapter or the section um rather than that at the end of each page um occasionally you will find a hard copy braille book that has the footnotes at the bottom of the page but usually um they are at the end of the chapter um it makes it a little easier for example for digital right. braille so right. and you will have a space between the end of the text and the subscript for the um footnote letter um that helps you define that yes this is a subscript number rather than part of the um text so What's that's important form subscript do you know yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't remember what it is. Isn't it like? I can't remember. It's a. It's a four six, and then I think it's five six. I no, that can't be right. I I don't recall. It's, okay. Yeah, I I haven't seen it in a long time. I've been out of school for many years now. Well, so. the other problem is I'm reading um, eBay, the old Braille too. Mm-hmm. Oh, EBAE. E. Yeah, I don't definitely can't remember that one. It's yeah, going to be a little different. Find it. Yeah. For that uh, reason. Have you done a Google search for EBAE e. Braille subscript? Not yet. I, I would it, suggest I doing that. those. Yeah, I would suggest doing those words specifically EBAE e. Braille subscript and maybe um, code or contraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. Uh -huh. um, okay, good. So okay. let's see. Yeah. Uh, I think Jody also has some answer, right? No, my answer was for Don's question. Oh, I think okay, Jewel okay, also good. had an answer we'll, for Don. Yeah, we'll hear you both. Now that we have picked up the question on footnotes, anybody else who has something to contribute towards... Uh, uh, having the footnotes in Braille. Please raise your hand. And uh, once we have the discussion done on that, we will go to the next question. So right now we are focusing on the first question, and that is about the footnotes. All right. Okay. Um, so we do have a few raised hands, but I'm not sure which question they uh, want to respond to. We do have one new raised hand, so that may be yeah. related to the footnotes. So so, yeah, once again, but, uh, please raise your hand only if you have the answer 
to the question on footnotes. Okay, I'm going to lower everyone's hand. Yeah. So everybody's hand is lowered now. And now raise your hand if you have the answer to mm -hmm. the question on footnotes. Welcome, Alice. First up is Kathy. Oh, Kathy, okay. Hi there. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Good. Um, I noticed that someone said that UEB Braille follows print. And in print, I'm not up to footnotes in Braille yet, but in print, it depends on the manual of style, even yes. for academic. And mm -hmm. publishing houses can have their own style. So you could find some books in print that have the footnotes at the bottom of the page and some that have them at the end of the chapter and some that have them at the end of the entire book. Correct. Very good. Yes. But I'm, I'm wondering, yes. I'm wondering if yes. because of the difficulty in Braille, um, you know, bouncing Space. around to find the footnotes and everything, if this rule would be violated, if there would be like an overarching rule that would say, no, 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 this is where we're always going to put footnotes for you, just so you can find the, them. Okay, so let's see who else has to has the answer to that. Uh, Rick, if, if this rule is violated or followed, or Rick has his hand raised. That's right. I was waiting there for Rick go. to. <laughs> well, I can't really address the formatting like that, but I think what you want is a superscript, not a subscript. Anyway, in uh, UEB, that is an IN sign in front of your number sign, and typically you'll see a dot five six in front of that, so you know it's not in. So you'd see like five six, then uh, three five, and then your number sign to indicate the number that's being superscripted. Yeah, superscript one, superscript two. Also, what I've all what I've seen back in the day was using asterisks for footnotes so asterisk one asterisk two and that used to be your double i n sign then your number sign uh in ueb that would be dot five then three five then your number sign so i, I think it depends on the publisher like you say how they're going to indicate your footnote numbers but yeah if you're looking for a superscript that's about uh, yeah, the subscript. Your, now, yeah, right. no, the super, uh, no, Rick, there's also a supplementary question. Yeah, yeah. Where are the Sorry? footnotes located? At the end of the page, at the end of the chapter, at the end of the book? Um, as I said, I think it depends on the publisher. Right. Um, okay. I have seen them at the end of the chapter, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on that. <laughs> I don't have right. as much experience as your other caller had on that. But okay. if you're using superscripts, that's what it would be. Your dot probably have a dot five six, then a three five, then your number sign to indicate the number of the footnote. Well, this is EBAE, and I think what I was seeing was I N I N. That's that's EBAE. Yeah, I know because that's what I'm that's what I'm reading. Right. Okay, and that's actually an okay. asterisk. Yeah. No, thank you. And what in happens? most contexts, you have to have a space on either side of the double I N to spur an asterisk. But in that context, it's right up against the number. Mm hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. That's what I'm seeing. Feeling. Jewel G. Yeah. Yes. We, we still have more people to answer your question, Linda. Okay. That's all I got. So let's. 
Yes. Thank you, Rick. I have a footnote to the footnote question. Um, I wanted to uh-huh. mention um, if you are reading a digital Braille that is a scan, um, I don't know if you're using digital Braille like with your jaws, perhaps, or are you using hard copy? Um, I'll just mention for somebody who may be reading on their computer, which is often the case for textbooks, um, JAWS has a way to get quickly to a footnote now. Um, you can actually have it where we'll read the footnote within the text. Um, you can turn that on and off. Um, that's so nice. That, yeah, that's a really nice feature, and you can turn it on and off as you prefer. Um, so you can just completely ignore footnotes, or you can you know read every single one. Um, right. So like textbooks, I want footnotes. Uh, novels, I am not interested. <laughs> right, right. Well, so, this this actually is hard copy. So okay, yeah. True. So I think the per- going back to the person who said that it depends on the publisher. I guess that's what I was seeing. I think most textbooks, it's at the end of the chapter, end of the book. Um, mm-hmm. Literature is more likely to have it at the end of the page. Um, so yeah. that may be what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to the last person who mentioned the asterisk. It's been so long for me. And also the superscript. Um, that's what I'm recalling. This, and then the subscript yeah. would be an E, a lower E, an EN, basically. Uh, three, six. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the mm-hmm. subscript would be the EN because it's pointing oh. down. Yeah, the su- oh, superscript, because yeah. I was speak- I w- mistakenly said subscript. Um the superscript is pointing up. That's why it's the three, five. And then the subscript is mm. pointing down. That's why it's a two, six. So oh, say okay. it's pointing to which way it's going. So it's a little trick to it. Interesting. But yeah, I forgot about the asterisks. A lot of times <laughs> they just do that. Yeah. So that's all I got on that footnote to the footnote question. Okay. okay. All right. We have no so more raised hands for that question. No more, so no more raised hands, okay? Who's no there? more raised hands for no more, that. No more. Yeah. How about um, Alice? Alice Massa knows a real good braille, so maybe she can help us here. Good morning and happy good holidays, morning. everyone. Thank you, Valine. You are too kind. The, I think <laughs> I can't add much to what has been said about footnotes other than one little item. Uh, with the new Braille, um, I I am thinking that when the footnote is at the end of the print page, then I would think the footnote would be placed at the line that marks the end of the print page and not at the end of the Braille page. And that is so true. Yes. Okay, thank you, Alice. Uh, thank you. Now, let me uh, give you what I know about it. Uh, you know, first and foremost, what Kathy King said is correct, that the footnotes are sometimes at the end of the page, sometimes at the end of the chapter, and at the end of the book even. Um, in UEB particularly, because in UEB, Braille follows print, And in print, mostly, not always, mostly, the footnotes are at the end of the page. Now, what happens is that sometimes the footnotes are too long. And it's so difficult to have that footnote in the middle of something, you know, some chapter, some information, some 
fiction, some story running, and in the middle of that, having that long footnote actually interrupts the chain of reading, and therefore the transcriber takes liberty. Remember, what we get in Braille is much more at the discretion of transcriber. So transcriber takes liberty to have that footnote at the end of the chapter, even though it is in print at the end of the page. So the, yes, the rule is violated, if necessary, by the discretion of transcriber. But otherwise, it is at the end of the page. And I have seen quite a few times that uh, the transcribers choose to have the footnotes at the end of the chapter and not at the end of the page. Which, you know, in Braille particularly, it's, it is kind of uh, interruption. And we do not like that kind of interruption when we are reading something so interesting. And therefore, transcriber reads Braille reader's mind and they decide to have the footnotes at the end of the chapter. So to make the long story short, yes, this rule is violated and Braille does not follow print in terms of having the footnotes. Does that help you, Linda? Yes, it does. And I thank it, you all very, very much for your answers. Excellent. Now, did we cover both your questions? Yes, I you did. We did. Yes. yes. Now you yes. got the superscript and subscript information. Yep. Yes. Yes. All right. So we are done with Linda. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now the next person to ask the question was uh, Dawn. Dawn. And Dawn is looking for thermocall index cards. If anybody's selling, please raise your hand. Or if anybody has the information, where to find them? Any information yeah. you have, how much Jules, it costs, where Jules to find. Hand is raised. Uh, Jules' hand is up. So I have a partial answer for this because um, it yes. gets a little creative because I've never seen um, plastic index cards. So that's basically what you're looking for. The um, what do you call it? The clear plastic. Uh, what is it? Car thermoform. Th thermoform. That's it. Thermoform. Yeah, I've you not seen thermoform index cards. However, if you were to measure out one index or take one index card and use a um, paper cutter like you, you as a teacher you might use um, you can cut thermoform into any shape you want and therefore you could make index cards out of thermoform now as far as using it in a braille um, braille writer or in a slate and stylus uh, two things um, you can use that in a braille writer there are um you can move the margin over to fit the index card and then just work within the margins so you know the margins in the back you can just move that right margin over to the length of the index card and then you can just go right on top of it and thermoform will work in a braille writer for a slate and stylus um the best solution would be a janus slate uh, which is a interpoint index card slate um, so it'll have Braille on both sides as interpoint like you would see in a book. It allows you the most amount. It's like four lines on one side and five on the other. 
This is especially good for presentation notes. Um, people have often asked me, how do you memorize all your notes? They don't realize I've got index cards in my pocket. <laughs> so um, okay. index cards are amazing for that. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Janus Slate, J-A-N-U-S. Um, those are pretty easy to find on pretty much anywhere. Um, LS&S, NFB Market, Independence Market. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can get slates and styluses, you can get a Janus slate. Um, and then for the Braille writer, you're just marking the margin over. So I hope that helps. Yes, it of course does. But let me ask you one thing. Okay. You know, I, I I don't know how to cut straight in a line. And also I'm lazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, where, do, where do I go and buy the thermocol index cards? What, what I've never those? seen any. That's the problem. <laughs> I've never seen any. Um, but that's why I mentioned the paper cutter. If yeah, you have one, yeah. since she, she mentioned she teaches, maybe she has one as a teacher yeah. or she has access to one in a business center, for example, because then you just kind of line it up with the edge of the paper cutter. And it'll cut the straight line for you. Um, it's basically yeah, not a teacher. I'm going to be helping teach her. That's what uh, I was okay. thinking. I'm going to be helping so, teach her. Yeah. And she's all the way in Youngstown. I'm all the way I over see. here in yeah. my in my little in my little um back backwoods cave. And yeah, you know that it it makes it harder. Yeah. But, um. So the other. Yeah. The other we, option we were looking would be for a, a store, you know, to buy. Yeah, I've not seen but any we, thermoform. I never heard cards. either. You can yeah. get them in big sheets and then cut them down. Um, I've done that for um, all sorts of things. But also, I mean, you can always get um, like uh, the the laminate, the sticky back laminate, and then you know, braille it and then cut it down um, or cut it down, then braille it um, to whatever size you want. Uh, but I've never seen, correct, correct. yeah, pre-made thermoform index cards. Okay. But yeah. I will and, mention uh, index cards hold Braille very well. Um, they're mm -hmm. nice and thick. They hold the Braille nicely. So you can always do it just on regular Braille, uh, regular, regular index cards. Okay. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, you can buy them from Braille superstores, right? Regular index cards. You can get index cards anywhere that worked fine yeah. for Bell. I used regular index cards from like Big Lots or you know, um, you know Walmart yeah. for my presentation. Right, right. They held the Braille quite well for practicing and for presentation. So that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're nice and thick. Mm -hmm. oh. Okay, so okay. Yeah, next that's time the is we can get for Dawn. Yeah, oh, we do have other hands. All right, let's hear. Um, Jody is next. Oh, Jody yes. has the answer. Yes, Jody. Yes, you know, Don. I suspect that as your student reads more, she'll find the uh, regular paper is easier to is is as re easy to read as the thermoform. But you can. I don't know if they're still available, but you, you could get plastic. They're not thermoform, but you can get plastic uh, index cards from the NFB independence market. So if you go to nfb.org, go to the independence market there, and they have really nice uh, plastic index cards that mm -hmm. are very handy and, you know, last very, very well too. So, um, okay. you know, there's, there's lots of options and you can get index cards anywhere. I mean, you can get them at the grocery yeah. store. 
Uh, good. Okay. And the dots are quite durable on plastic index cards. Yeah. Oh, the other yeah. thing you can do is the other thing you can get is um, if you go to the office supply store and you buy report covers, the plastic report covers, um, it's a it's like a folder. And if you cut along the seam or along the hinge part of it, you'll end up with two separate sheets. And those are really nice for uh, doing recipes on because you can wash them off. Oh, so just, okay. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, plastic mm -hmm. report covers that you just get at the office supply store. Um, yeah. they, they usually have a spine that you put along the edge. You don't, you don't you need that. You just, uh, just use the plastic sheets and, you know, cut them in half so you have two sheets instead of a folded sheet. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause that's why, yeah. Cause that's why she wanted to use thermoform, not just because it was easier to feel, but just because regular braille paper, you know, you're, you, you got your hands in batter and cookie dough and whatever, and it soaks it up like a sponge. It makes the braille not easy to read. And she used to bake a lot before she lost her sight. And like I said, she wants to get back into doing that. And that's why I suggested thermoform to her because you could just take a Clorox wipe. If you get flour and stuff on it afterwards, you could just take a Clorox wipe, wipe it off, and then you can read it again. It's not like your regular braille paper. Yeah, then I know somebody that they thought it was, they thought it was th uh, three cups and it was actually only one cup, but this, the dot four was actually a, a grain of... Uh, breadcrumbs or something <laughs> oh no that's not good <laughs> okay those plastic uh, report covers work really great oh okay okay do we have quite um, a few hands up uh Evren? our next uh, another two hands uh, our next hand okay. is beth okay yeah, I was going to say the same thing, those plastic um, index cards. Um, now, I don't know. I only saw them in one side. Well, I did. I do have a bigger plastic card, cause, um, but uh, I'm sure you could get, get them in different sizes. Um, I got mine from the NFB um, uh, Independence Market Independent as well. Market. Yeah. So... That okay. that should work, um, because okay. I use thermoform too, but I don't I don't like cut it. I use I put my um I borrow my recipes, put them in a notebook. So, yeah, that works. Um, because okay. it wouldn't work on regular paper because you could wipe it off, but you wouldn't be able to read it. So, <laughs> good. So I hope that helps. Thanks. And our last hand for this question, I believe, is okay. Uh, we have actually two. Alice Massa. Yes, for Don and your student. It sounds as if your student is a beginning student. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can. I can hear you. And yes, yeah, she is a beginning. She is a beginner learner. Oh, he okay. Uh, my thought is he may think initially that thermoform allows him to read more easily, but that is really very much a personal preference. For me, thermoform is not easier to read, but uh, and his idea may change as he progresses with Braille. So I would 
try to keep him in the mindset of different options for reading Braille. Obviously, Thermoform is great for reading Braille recipes if he's really an avid cook, but <laughs> for other other items, he may the person may want to consider uh, you know, paper braille of some sort. Now, I would be concerned. I have the big uh, notebooks, a number of many, actually, notebooks of the 11 and a half by, uh, what is it, 11 braille paper that I three-hole punched and have in notebooks that are from American Printing House that makes that larger size of ring notebooks. And those are fine for uh, recipes, but I can't imagine if you're thinking of like a three by five inch index card, you know, there are exceedingly few recipes when Braille that can go on cards of that size. No, so, index cards were just going to be for phone numbers, address yeah. it, you know, uh, like the like the small, the, the typical things that an everyday person would write on an index card. Okay, what I would suggest if he's going to stick with the thermoform paper and it's, you know, he's going to have to cut it, figure out how many lines and so forth he's going to want to have, and then do a line of dot two five straight across. And some of us who are not great at cutting straight can cut on that dotted line that we create with braille dots. And that that might help. Um, I've used that method. The other is to to do X's straight across and cut between the lines of the dot one four and the lines of dot three six. So you can do it either way that you find that you're getting the straighter cut. The trouble is when you put it in a braille writer. If there's not a straight cut made by the thermoform company to get the piece of thermoform into the Braille writer properly, you, someone may have problems. And it's not worth the, you know, having to have your Braille writer, Perkins Brailler, repaired. I would be very careful about cutting thermoform down to a three by five sheet. I, I would not do that because I, that thermoform paper is more slippery, it's thinner than most paper that we use, and it could very easily get caught in a Braille writer. And I would not recommend that at all. I yeah. would cut it down to more than half size. Now, I have some ring binder notebooks that take index cards that are the five by eight index cards. And years ago, I made a number of phone numbers and addresses on those five by eight index cards, put them into these ring binders. I had to hole punch them myself, but I can see putting thermoform of that size. I would not go any smaller than that if I were putting it into a Perkins. Okay. So I, I hope that helps a little bit, but I'd be real, real wary of suggesting to him to cut thermoform very very small and he's got to have that that edge 
that's made by the company because you've got to get that straight edge into the braille writer both on the left side and the and the what ends up being the the bottom of the paper so i hope that helps and that's all for now it does thank you alice you're welcome for this extensive explanation yes all right and And then jill has another footnote (laughs) okay all right jill um, yes, since this, you know, this person is a baker and cooker, um, you know, cook, um, I thought I'd mention it doesn't necessarily have to stay in hard copy Braille if he has access to a Braille display or if he is okay, if they are okay with um, audio. Um, there is an app out there that is very good with um both JAWS on the Windows and VoiceOver on the Apple devices called Paprika, like the spice, Paprika 3, um, P-A-P-R-I-K-A 3. It does cost about $5, I believe. It may have gone up since I got it. Um, It is very accessible. I've never had a single accessible issue with it. And I keep all my recipes in there, and I can organize them by folder, and I can tag them, all sorts of things. You can also use it for to make a grocery list and a meal plan. And he may find that that's more useful. Um, with my Braille display, I am able to read and edit the both the um, ingredients and directions in that as well. So, like if, when I'm reading, when I'm not cooking, I can use my Braille display. When I'm cooking or baking, I usually use my Bluetooth keyboard with a silicone cover over it which means at the end of baking, I can take that silicone cover, rinse it off, done, you know, clean it off. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about messes on the keyboard. So I thought I mentioned that that's specifically for someone who's cooking. So, and again, that app is called mm-hmm. Paprika 3. I found it extremely useful. Mm-hmm. I've used it for many years. Okay, great. So I think, uh, Don, you got all the information you were looking for. And all the information that's available. Yeah. Okay. I did. Thank you so much. And I do have an answer to Beth's question also when we're ready to take it. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. I think we're ready to take hands for that question. Okay. Uh, So, oh, Mm -hmm. do you want me to go ahead, Abraham? Yes. Go for it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, what I would suggest, um, Get like the big braille paper, not like the little size or whatever. Like get like get the big braille paper. I would get um the stuff like that you either hole punch or have binder things or whatever. And then like what I would do is put the date. So like make a whole page for like January and put, you know, like for a second. Well, and then, so like January, and then go down a couple lines, and then put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, across that line, and then do all of those days, you know, and then go down maybe another line or two, and then put like the days, you know, the week that it's supposed to start. If you have an A lady, that's going to make this a heck of a lot easier, because you could just ask Lady A, what day does January 1st fall on, you know, or what does January 2nd fall on, and that kind of stuff. So you can just do... And just keep going down the list until you have that. And then what you can also, and then what you can do. 
So you can write down at the end of that list, like number one, every Tuesday, do push-ups and, uh, you know, every, you know, and then number, and then number two, every Thursday, clean the bathroom, you know, just, I mean, just those little, and I'm just throwing examples out of what you could possibly do. Is it, is it a little hinky and a little kludgy? Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of a way that you could go about doing it and make things a little easier. Um, You might not be able to put it up on a wall, but if you put it up on a table or something where you can easily see it and where you're not putting anything else on it, and, you, you know, like if you're, you know, or heck, maybe there is a holder and you can kind of put some stuff on the wall. And then as each month changes, you can just turn the page and go to a different day. And then you start again that next year or however you want to do it. I, I don't know if I'm making sense here on what I'm saying, but that's what I would suggest her. That's Beth, that's what I would suggest for you to do. Great. Thank you, Don. Uh, I think, you know, you did answer the question about... Uh, how to maintain a personal calendar in Braille. And I'm pretty sure different individuals have different ways to do that. Oh, yeah. So anybody else who would like to make some input about how to maintain? Two days ends. Um, and how many minutes left, Abraham? We have 18 minutes to that, though. 18, okay, good. Yes. Okay, okay. I've actually been in the process of making something like this myself, like a task calendar in Braille that I can hang up. Um, What I've been working on is taking, um, you can get a roll of magnetic tape um, out there. And what I'm doing is then the, um, I can, you know, you can get magnetic strip, basically, Um, not not tape because it's not sticky. Um, and then you cut it down to the size you want and you can put, um, I don't want to say Dymo tape because the Dymo tape these days sucks, but, um, sorry, my personal opinion. Um, but Dymo like tape, like NFB independence market has some of the greatest that I've seen. Um, their, their label tape, that's what it is. Label tape is amazing. Um, it's easy to peel off. So, um, what I'm going to be doing is cutting down magnets and then putting the label tape on the magnet. And so each month we'll get a magnet and then I will have, um, I'm doing just weekly. So then on the left, I do the days of the week and then, um, the things that I want to do for that day across, like in a line and you can use wiki sticks to divide. Um, or you could use like pipe cleaners or whatever. And you're putting this on a magnetic board because that's what how the magnets stick to it. So like um, they have a lot of magnetic white um, whiteboards these days. But really all you need is something that it will magnetize to. You could use a you know baking sheet for all you uh, all, you know all matters because you just need something that the magnets will stick to. But if you want it to hang. You'll want something that can hang, which a magnetic whiteboard works great for that. Um, but then, you know, you just hang that up and you can move things around as you please, depending on the week or the month. Um, the other option would be like a cork board and then just having your labels um, where they can be just stuck on there with pins. 
Um, and that way you can move things around as much as you want. Um, but you already have, like, for example, if you want to vacuum once a week, then, you know, when you do that, you can move that off the chart and you can see when you're done. Um, for a task planner, for, you know, like appointments and stuff, you could have, you know, doctor appointment and then just put it there where you need it. And then, you know, for the next month, hey, I have another doctor appointment, just stick it in there and it's already made up. Um, that's what I'm working on. Um, that way it's a reusable. I've seen a lot of teachers that do this with laminated bits. Um, my mother was a teacher and that's what she did. She'd laminate the months and the days and then just move things around um, on the big board in her classroom. So um, if you want to use that method, you would have a reusable board that you can move things around on. So just a suggestion um, if you wanted to take the time to make a project out of it. It could be fun. Um, you hey. could also... I, I just want to mention you could also uh, make it more fun by making tactile graphics to stick on there as well. So you can make little hearts and um, little teddy bears and stuff if you really want to make it fun. So little drawings. So. You like tactile graphics. Okay. Our next hand is Linda. Linda, yes. My my connection is unstable, so um, if I vanish, that's what's going on. I, I heard Beth saying that what she's really interested in is, is improving her time management skills. And to that end, I suggest just working on a daily basis for a while so that you could, you know, perhaps lay out at the top of the page, say Monday, and then have the tasks you want to accomplish in that day and then prioritize them so that she really, Beth, so that you do get that those most important tasks done. And then if, if you have recurring tasks, then you could always just keep your sheets that have the date on them and then just go back to that day. It's just a thought. Uh, eat the elephant in little bites instead of the whole thing at a time. That's all I have. Good. Yes. Did this help you, Dorothy? Um, Beth was the person with the question. That was the question from Beth, right? Yes. I wasn't sure. Okay, Beth, did did you learn quite a oh, bit about? Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask about the now yeah. now the board. Like you can use braille paper. That that I didn't get. And where do you get the wiki sticks? Do you get them from like Superstore Braille Superstore? Whoever asked the question, I forgot her name. Um, it's Jewel Beth, and okay. um the. Um, paper that I would suggest using for the magnetic board would be the label tape, not actual papers that so you're using like plastic tape, and then you put oh. it on a magnet. Yeah, oh, and since put it's it sticky, in the dymo. Just... Oh, sorry. Yeah, like the dymo tape, but I wouldn't suggest the actual like official dymo tape because it doesn't stick very well. Um, mm -hmm. I would suggest like label tape. Um, Independence Market is my favorite place to get label tape, and they have some that's easy to peel and it sticks nicely. Um, so you want this to last for quite a while. It it sticks to the magnet quite well. Um, so that's what I would suggest if you want to do like a magnetic whiteboard. Um, you oh. could also, like I mentioned, a cork board. You could just do paper. Um, and with that, I would suggest still using plastic because it will last longer. Um, mm. But you could just do paper and then just push use a push pin to stick it on there for a temporary piece. Um, but... You know, and then as far as wiki sticks, um, you can get those LFNS, I believe, has it. 
uh, Independence Market would have it. Um, pretty much anywhere <laughs> that has the um, stuff for kids um, that are blind will have that mm-hmm. because a lot of times they use that to demonstrate uh, graphs to kids or to draw, you know, all sorts of fun stuff for kids. It's a crafty thing. Um, but you so can also use wiki- just these, like, yeah. Uh, wiki sticks wiki are like, sticks like around the date, like, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you um, would like use around it the for date. like a border. Yeah, like a border. Oh. You just use a border. So you could use pipe cleaners. You could use pretty much anything you wanted, but you could use a ribbon and just draw, you know, have ribbon across the board and just, you know, tack it down if you use a cork board. Um, oh, there's lots of things you could use for that. So, um, oh wow, but cool. I definitely um, agree with not going with a monthly if you're working on time management. That's why I'm starting with a weekly. But you could just start with the daily with that as well. Which is what's nice about using a magnetic board is then you can just change it up as you want. Um, so you mm-hmm. can start with daily, and then as you go along, add you know make it weekly, and then. You know, if you got to the monthly, then that's great. But I'm still at weekly and I've been doing it for years. So yeah, um, monthly is kind of hard for task management. Um, I try to do week by week. Right. And, and then, you know, that way also, if you had an item that was on your to do for that week or say that day and you're like, oh, this didn't get done. Well, you just move it to the next day and then you just put it at the top of the list for the next day. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I tend to do is like. Uh, it didn't get done. It'll get done first thing tomorrow. You know, that way you're yeah. not like pushing yourself too hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then, right, then I won't just sit there and think, right. oh, what do I have to do? Because that, that takes that takes time. So, yeah, thanks for that. Okay. Welcome. So, Michael Moore, where are you? Now, right here, before Bob. I forget, yes, Michael. Before I forget, I would like to repeat that next Thursday and the following Thursday, there will be no I Love Braille session. It's a holiday season. Center will be closed. So enjoy your holidays. But we are not wrapping yet, wrapping up yet because Michael Moore has some announcement to make about birthdays. And if you have not collected names, you can ask people now. Anybody born in December will celebrate his or her birthday here. So Michael Moore is in charge. Michael? Yeah, who has a birthday? Because I don't know. Who, so who, who's got a birthday in December? Speak up. Um, Dan Miner had a birthday in December. Oh, he did, huh? Hey, Dan, yeah. where you at? I don't think he's in here. Well, Dan, if you can listen to the recording, happy birthday, buddy. Who else? Oh, okay. So you are one person? So far, I guess. Dan, Dan yeah. Okay. Uh, Anybody else? Have anyone else? From the present group. All right. Why don't you sing a happy birthday song, Michael? I'll do that. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday all people in December. Happy birthday to you. Okay, thank you. All right, so now, how much time we have, Abraham? We are seven minutes to the top. Seven minutes. All right, so before we wrap up, anybody has a small question, anything to say about our Isle of Braille 
or anything else in general. Uh, we have a raised hand from Jody. Jody, yes. yes. You, you yes. know, I like that suggestion on how to cut paper by putting a line of, of uh, Braille and then cutting along the Braille. The other way I do it is I'll fold the paper by squaring it on the edge, and then I leave the paper folded, and I put the, the bottom blade from the scissors in the fold and then cut along the fold that way. So I just I like that idea of the Braille, but there's other ways too. There's also one more way to do it. You know, when I do it, my scissors never go straight. <laughs> no matter that's, what. A, that's why I fold the paper, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But even though I fold, I, I still don't go straight. You still don't go straight, yeah. Oh, I like going along that I'm line. Not a good I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> but, of course, that's a real good idea. It <laughs> should be useful for many people. I'm not that great, anyway. Okay, thank you, Jody. Anybody else? Well, at least we don't have to do it very often. That's a good thing. No, I don't have to do almost <laughs> nil. <laughs> Rick has his hand raised. Yes. Yes, Rick. Okay, it worked this time. Uh, <clears throat> mainly to say, I feel your pain, bullying. I have tried scissors, even folding paper, and it never works. <laughs> <laughs> never. Yeah. The only way I can do anything of the sort is to fold and then bend it along that fold both ways several times to weaken the, the paper at that point, and then very slowly, millimeter by millimeter, tear along the fold, which doesn't make the prettiest edge, but it's the best I can do. <laughs> at, least, at least you can cut straight. Right? I can't yeah. cut straight. I can tear kind of straight. It's just not tear, the prettiest right. in the tear. world. And yeah. I only have to tear it just a teensy bit at a time. If I try to just tear it all at once, forget it. <laughs> okay, good but, idea. Oh, well. <laughs> some of us have, uh, are more dexterous yeah. and fortunate or something than others. <laughs> uh, but I want to okay. thank that one caller for the tip on the Dymo tape, too. Because uh, the Dymo tape we had gotten is so frustrating. But if the stuff from National Federation Independence Market is good, hey, that's worth looking into. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And by the way, did, was there a change in policy? We used to have question, then answer, question, then answer, question, then answer. Um, yes, correct. Is that a permanent correct. change now? And uh, I think we changed the pattern last month because... Uh, okay. We realize that if we do one question and all answers, then some mm -hmm. people feel a little bad if they didn't get the chance to okay. ask a question. So instead, okay. we so collect the questions change. first so that we know how much uh, time we can spend on each question. Or, gotcha. or okay. in, in general, cool. we know our limits, you know? we know our boundaries. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So that's, yeah. Very good. Thank yeah, you. definitely it's a change in policy. Okay. All right, friends. With that, I would like to wrap up today's session, but not before wishing you happy holidays. Enjoy your time. and Happy I'll holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. Yes. Yeah, and Merry Christmas. You. Happy New happy Year, everybody. everybody. Happy okay. New Year. But listen to me before you go. Uh, we will... Meet on January the 4th, 2024, which is Louis Braille's birthday. And uh, we are going to have a great speaker, a prolific writer, editor, and publisher. That's Deborah Kendrick. 
So don't miss it. And I will see you all next year. Wish you happy holidays and happy new year. Bye now. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. I'm closing the room. Bye everyone.